Thursday Night Tailgate, where the spotlight is always on the positive. Tune in Thursday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time to hear your favorite NFL legends, players, and coaches sharing their stories. Now back to Chris and Bob. I wouldn't joke about anything else that happened here tonight. Now back with us here on Thursday Night Tailgate and making his 11th appearance with us on the show is former Vikings and Chargers Pro Bowl guard and TNT Guest Hall of Famer Ed White. I'm honored to say that Ed first joined us back in March of 2013, so he's been a great friend of the show now for eight years. Let me remind you about his background. Played his college ball at Cal where he played defensive tackle and was a consensus All-American in 1968. Switched over and played guard in the NFL from 1969 to 1985 for the Vikings and the Chargers. Was a four-time Pro Bowl selection. He played in all four Super Bowls with the Minnesota Vikings in the 1970s. One of only 10 guys to do that. He is a member of the Vikings' 25th and 40th anniversary teams, and he's been named one of the 50 greatest Vikings of all time. He's also on the Chargers' 40th and 50th anniversary teams and is a member of their Hall of Fame was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2000. He is also a member of the University of California Hall of Fame, the Breitbart Hall of Fame, the East-West Shrine Game Hall of Fame, and he was named to the Pac-12 All-Century Team. Ed is also one of the best artists on the planet. Please go online to his website, edwhiteart.com, and check it out. And We're very excited he's back with us again tonight here on Thursday Night Tailgate. Hey, Ed, Chris and Bob, how are you, my friend? Hi, Ed. Hi, guys. Hi, Bob. How are you guys? Terrific. Oh, we're all, we're good. Tell us about you. All it's right. been a little while since we got to catch up with you. How have you been doing? I, I, I'm, we've been doing great. My wife and I have been uh, sequestered here, and uh, and uh, uh, we've we've uh, we made it through. I, I had my second uh, uh, Moderna shot yesterday, and feeling great about things. And uh, I think you know, there's a little light at the end of the tunnel here for everybody. Ah, that's great. Good for you. Yeah. And I, I want to get your thoughts because, you know, one of the things that we admire so much about you, and Bob and I have talked about this, you know, with you over the years. I mean, a guy who played 17 years in the trenches, you know, going against uh, some of the greatest defensive players in the history of the game, the, you know, the guys, you know, the fearsome foursome and the Steelers steel curtain and, you know, the doomsday defense and, and Nick Butkus and 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 Nitschke and and all those guys. Um, I, one and of the, the things that I've, I've sort of marveled about is how you <laughs> stayed healthy all those years. Well, <laughs> well, I got to give a nod to the Purple People Leaders too. Uh, I had to practice against those guys every day. Alan Page, I lined up against him, so <laughs> that made even for a longer uh, uh, amount of time that I, I went against the top of the line guys, but. You know, I, I think that uh, God just blessed me with a, you know, an iron body, and uh, you know, I worked, uh, I worked hard. My dad was in construction, and and uh, I was a hot carrier for uh, as I was growing up in high school and doing that in the summers, and just I was just a, a strong lad and uh, uh, put together, uh, put together uh, that way. And to that point, Ed, did you want? To be, you know, a defensive lineman, like I said, you started out there, and then when you got to the NFL, they moved you across the line of scrimmage over to the offensive line. But did you want to be a lineman, or did someone just look at you and go, that's a big, strong kid. You're going to play offensive line, or you're going to play defensive line. 
Did someone put you there? I wanted to be a running back, actually. I, <laughs> when I was a freshman in high school, I was a tight end for part of the year and then a fullback for part of the year. And, you know, I just outgrew the position, basically. But I, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed the, the catching the ball and uh, uh, had very good hands. And so, I, you know, there, uh, I enjoyed that. But, you know, I think actually my position was defensive line. And uh, because uh, when I went to the Vikings, they had the Purple People Eaters, and they were pretty well set with defensive linemen, and they wanted me as an offensive guard. So uh, that's how my career started. And I, I really am, uh, you know, I think that the fact that uh, I played guard instead of defensive tackle probably added five or six more years to my career, maybe more. And Ed, when I look back at the, the guys that you blocked for at quarterback, and you, you block for pocket passers like, you know, Joe Cap and Dan Fouts, and then you know, perhaps the best scrambling quarterback ever, and Fran Tarkington. I, I was curious, is it harder to block for a guy that you know is going to be in the pocket and he's going to be stable and he's not moving around back there because, you know, he's more stationary? Is that harder to do or is it harder to, to block for a guy like Tarkington because you never knew where that guy was going to be back there? Uh, you know what? I tell you, it's, uh, you're right. There are different scenarios, but it was not hard blocking for Francis because if he was moving, he was moving for a reason. And it was either to buy more time or to avoid a pass, a, a pass rush or, you know, just to make something happen. And he would go and set the pocket out, outside and it, it was not hard blocking for him at all. On the other hand, I didn't find it hard blocking for the, you know, for Dan and and, uh, and and Joe Cap when I when I first started, he was the quarterback, and you know it. Uh, you, you knew where they were going to be, so you knew you knew exactly what your job was and what you had to do, and so that wasn't hard either. Five questions for Ed. Ed, it's always a pleasure to speak with you, and especially hey, this Bob. time of the year when I picture you in Southern California and me freezing here. We always talk about this, and you know I want. It always it always blows my mind where a guy that grew up in California, high school in California, college in California, and then you end up in Minnesota in 1969. This is when they played folks in Metropolitan Stadium, and there was no colder place, at least in, in the United States. And I remember those games as a kid, Ed. It was just incredible to watch. Uh, how long or did you ever get used to that kind of cold after growing up in California? Uh, you, you get used to how to how to live in it and how to work in it, and you know, if I, I was so fortunate to play for the two of the greatest coaches ever, and Bud Grant was both of them geniuses, Coriel and Grant, in their own way, and and Bud was a you know ahead of the game. We we you know would go to camp a month later than most of the teams that were in there beating each other up, so we were. At the end of the year, I think it paid dividends. We were fresher. Uh, we were in good shape. We went to camp in great shape because we knew it was a, a, a you know, it was our benefit uh, to be in, in great shape, but to come ready to go and uh, not get beat up. And uh, so, you know, it was just that uh, we played for some really smart guys and they managed things well. They, you know, ironically, uh, they, you know, Bud would probably not cut a veteran some years, 
And some years he'd just cut one guy, so everybody'd be kind of nervous about who that one guy was going to be. But he kept the nucleus of that team together for so long. When I left, I was still one of the youngest guys on the team. And then when I went to San Diego, I was almost 30 or was 30, and I was the oldest guy. And it was like, wow. Yeah. You know, it was a real shock. But we we just learned to love Minnesota. And uh, it was uh, radical. But, you know, by the time we had uh, the, our family there and, and we were out uh, dressed in snowmobile suits and enjoying the, the things that Minnesota had to offer, from fishing to snowmobiling uh, to, to, you know, all the, all the fantastic things. And coming back to, to California uh, and warming up was, was nice, too. Yeah, that was my second question was about Bud Grant. Ed. As far as we always thought of him as, you know, a non-demonstrative, very, very quiet kind of guy, maybe underrated as a coach because he never, quote unquote, won the big one. But his record is incredible as it stands. Uh, tell us more about his personality. And did he have a say in mostly every part of the team, including the offensive linemen? Oh, I think he did. Uh, I, I, I think he did. He hired great coaches, and uh, Bud was a very smart guy, and and uh, he ma- he was a great manager. I, I always thought of him as a as a general. You know, he would have been a great general in in the military, and that's that's sort of how he carried himself. I mean, you know, we were, you know, he was hard but fair. You know, and we didn't we didn't. We did. We did what was asked of us, and and he did. You know what he needed to do, and and uh, and it was, we were successful with him and and the staff that he put together. And then to take that a a step further, right? I always picture Bud Grant just kind of like some of the other you know great stoic head coaches of the era. You know, guys like Chuck Noll, Tom Landry, Chuck Knox, those guys. You know, not not very emotional on the sidelines. What was the most animated you ever saw Bud get? I, I never saw him animated. <laughs> I don't think he was ever animated. Uh, he had a great sense of humor. Uh, you know, he would. I, I would always. Uh, you know, our offensive coordinator Jerry Burns was scared to death of uh, different things, and uh, I would uh, every once in a while put a rubber snake in the film can, and he, you know. <laughs> tip over backwards in the meeting room and then one time I lowered a spider, a rubber spider down on him in a film and I mean you know, and Bud would howl, he would love that, and so and Bud had a great sense of humor, he just you know, uh, he kept everything in line, and so, you know the my first year the only thing he ever said to me was don't eat the yellow snow, that was the only thing he said to me in, the, in my first year yeah, and then, and then uh, my second year I felt him standing behind me one time, and we had rules about facial hair. You couldn't have sideburns below your ear, the, the, below the bottom of your ear, and you couldn't have facial hair and blah, blah, blah. And I felt him behind me in practice, and I, so I kind of turned and go, Bud, what's up? He goes, you're fighting a losing battle. I'm going, what in the heck is he talking about? And it turns out he was talking about my sideburns were starting to get a little low. So the next day I had my sideburn shaved up to the top of my ear. You know, that, that's, 
that's the way we all reacted. We, you know, when Bud said something, you jump, and uh, it was in a good way. It wasn't. It wasn't out of fear. It just he he didn't he didn't have a whole lot to say, but when he said it, you better listen. Was it a huge contrast when you left Minnesota to go to to San Diego, and now you're playing, you know, for Don Coriel and the Air Coriel offense? Was it a was it a big adjustment to to go from what you were doing in Minnesota to going to uh, how Coriel had this offense set up in San Diego? Well, <laughs> yes. Okay, but the 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 personality difference was night and day. We'll get into that, but the system was we were a battleship in Minnesota. We were we were gonna we were gonna get the first down and chip away, chip away, chip away, you know, and 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 pound the ball, short passing game, throw the long one every once in a while and just pound it on down there, maintain some sort of ball control and let our defense win the game for us. And uh, in San Diego, it was like, you know, Coriel was just you know, the opposite of Bud. And he was just, you know, he, he he was all about his personality and all about having fun. Not that we didn't have fun in Minnesota, but that wasn't the objective. The objective was, objective in Minnesota was having fun when you win. In San Diego, we had fun all the time. And, uh, you know, it was just loose and uh, goose. And, you know, he had his way to do it, and it was successful as Bud was successful with his way. And I was just fortunate to play for both of them. But Coriel was, uh, you know, it, it was unbelievable. And, you know, he hired me to be an assistant line coach at the end of my career. I, I don't think he wanted to cut me, so that was his easy way to cut. You know, he was that kind of nice human being. And, Ed, it's, it's been a few years now since the Chargers pulled up and left San Diego for LA is uh, the fan base in San Diego. They, you guys grown, grown used to the LA chargers or is there still a, a number of folks that uh, resent the fact that they left and they don't care where they went. They're not going to follow them. Well, I think there's both. I, you know, I was talking to Joanne about that. I think there's still a nucleus of people that are going to drive up to LA. Uh, and that's a, that's a big, commitment but you know uh it's i you know i i grew up in san diego and as a kid watching uh keith lincoln you know watching all the great chargers uh play and uh ron mick and and sneaking into the old stadium and you know it's just uh it I just told you, man, it's just really hard to, to not have the Chargers in town. You know, I, I just, uh, it, it, it just doesn't seem right. But, you know, it, you know, when you own something, uh, you get to make the calls. And, uh, you know, apparently, uh, the best call was to move up to a bigger market, I'm sure, and, uh, uh, get more exposure for whatever reason. And that's, that's the way it is. I, I, I still love the churches, but uh, you, you know they're not—they're not right in our backyard anymore. Bob, one more for Ed before we let him go. Yeah, sure, Ed. I mean, we talked about Tarkenton. Might as well stay on the Hall of Famers. I mean, when you when you play with Dan Fouts, you know Fouts is another one of these amazing guys. Fifteen years with one team, his his numbers were off the chart. He was doing things 
that's part of the whole Air Coriel thing that was, was just outrageous at the time. But uh, we got to know him. A lot of the probably the younger people out there now uh, just know him from his broadcasting days and everything. He's another West Coast guy. Talk a little bit more about his personality um, than maybe what we saw on TV. Well, uh, it, it's great, great personality, just like Turkington, and a very, very bright individual. And I, you know, I think all of the great players. That's one thing they have in common is they're, you know, they're they're pretty doggone bright and think quickly on the move. And you know, everything Dan did was, you know, he knew where he knew where people were. He knew where the ball had to go versus certain defenses. Uh, he, he knew who he could count on, uh, you know, and and, uh, and and he he did the right things. You know, he would take the offensive line out for dinner before the game. You know, <laughs> that's a good thing. And and yes, uh, yeah. So anyway, they uh, he his communication skills with his teammates were great. He wasn't, uh, uh, you know, at, at a, a if if we were going somewhere, he'd be with. And vice versa. And it wasn't, there wasn't, uh, you didn't feel like there was a, a separation of, uh, you know, right. a, a position. Ed, before we let you go, remind our listeners how they can see your wonderful artwork and then follow you online and on social media. And uh, I'm getting ready to start going out and uh, doing my Oak Lake Art Center, which is my nonprofit. Uh, and I paint with, with kids. And usually it's uh, underserved communities I'm working in or drug court kids. I do a lot of work with the drug court kids in San Diego County and the Imperial County. And uh, so it's, uh, you know, uh, that's where I'm getting. I'm getting ready to do that now that I'm immunized. <laughs> Terrific. Well, well, Ed, we can't thank you enough for coming back and being a part of the show. Bob and I are huge fans of yours. We are. Uh, pushing for you to be a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Your career certainly deserves that, and uh, we hope you get uh, that honor very, very soon. You're fantastic, my friend. Well, I know that, and uh, Chris and Bob, thank you, guys. I appreciate it, and uh, I've I've been uh, uh, a fan of your show for many years. As you know, you had to remind me how many it was, but uh, it seems (laughs) like it was yesterday. (laughs) It seems like yesterday, and uh, I will continue to be. And and I appreciate, you know, all you do for all the the old guys. I mean, it, uh, uh, it you know, it's kind of it, it's kind of cool uh, to be seventy. I'm going to be seventy three here in another month, uh, and still feel like uh, you know somebody knows who you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, we certainly know who you are, and you're uh, you're very special to both of us. Thank you, Ed, for your time again well, tonight. We we look forward to next time. You, all right, guys. Until next year. <laughs> take it easy. Yeah, take care. All righty. Bye-bye. That's the, great, that's the great Ed White. Bob, it just doesn't get better than that, man. That's all I we can say. We love him. You know, there are no two bigger Absolutely. fans, I could guarantee, than you and I. And, uh, again, uh, we he will always be one of our favorites. Yes, he will. I got, I got my Ed White jersey on, as a matter of fact. Oh, I'm yeah. proud to have it. So, all right, we've got our next guest, Wes Chamberlain, hanging on the line. We're going to get to Wes right on the other side of this real quick station break. 